0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. ESO, seven years of keeping it really geeky. Hey, what are you trying to do? You ruined my record, man. I just bought it. Hey, you guys! How exciting. Spoilers! Sean! Sean! It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Bye bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle! Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Goodbye! Bye the Earth Station One podcast. It's time to let your inner geek out to play. You can find them at ww.earthstation1.com or up on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Peace, and we're done. Hello, and welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show Podcast. I am your host, The Monster, and I'm back to give you a delayed, much delayed, sci-fi news podcast that was supposed to come out last Friday. Today being now Wednesday that I'm recording this, so my apologies. But if you've been following my shows lately, you'll see that last week I released a... Episode 0 podcast was my very first try in doing a podcast, so that was recorded over 12 years ago. So I was happy to have that be released, but then I planned to work on this podcast. But Mr. G and I were able to get together this past Monday to do the podcast for Ready Player One. And then I also had to finish the book, so that was a task unto itself, because about half the book was still not done, but I was able to finish in one afternoon, that last half, and that was put out yesterday, being Tuesday. So now I get to record this podcast that, again, I should have done already. And I planned it. It was a really good episode, because I wanted to talk about the things that I was watching over spring break and then give you the big three topics that I normally do. And I'm already behind because there's more stuff that I'm like, I want to talk about this that just came out on Monday night, but I'm like, I'll have to wait for the next podcast to do that. So, let's start off with what did I watch while I was on spring break for a bit. Well, I saw The Expanse. This is a show that was on the Sci-Fi channel, which I've seen the first episode many moons ago, but the problem lies is that, because I don't have any um, cable in my house, uh, I had Hulu and Hulu at that time was not offering anything more than what it is right now, which is the live TV, plus you have additional channels to your uh, package, so to speak. And now that I have the sci-fi channel listed there, I got interested in the Expanse since we're now going into Season 3. And honestly, it's a very um, dense series. Because you're dealing with multiple storylines that at at first doesn't really seem like it's going to be connected somehow, but by the third episode, and you really kind of have to really invest the time and just kind of like, you'll get rewarded when it all comes together. I think by the third episode, you're like, Oh, this is now an interesting concept of what is going on in this new universe. So, basically, um, you have Thomas Jane, who, if you remember him from The Mist and The Punisher, not the Netflix Punisher, but it was a Punisher that was a remake after Dolph Lundgren's version, and uh, he's fantastic, and basically he's playing some kind of, like I guess, police detective out in space and that's one storyline, and there's another storyline having to do with an ice hauler that's near, um, I, I think near Saturn or somewhere, one asteroid belt, basically they're just hoarding ice, and basically they got into an incident, and then there's stuff that's happening on Earth as well as on Mars. So basically it's a whole colonized solar system, that's happening, like, about 200 years in the future, and you're trying to really plug us in into this new world, this new reality, and it's, again, it is very dense to kind of get into. But by the third episode, I was like, I'm actually kind of interested to see where this is going. And And since, again, I mentioned going to three seasons, this is actually worth your time, so if you ever get a chance, I highly recommend getting into The uh, the Expanse. The other one is Dark Matter. Also, I've watched, I think, the first episode many moons ago, and this is a, a much simpler, uh, much more one close set. It's limited in its scope, but it's a very enjoyable sci-fi series, and the premise here is that six people wake up from stasis in a pod on a ship, and they have no idea who they are whatsoever, or what's their connection to each other, or who even put them in there. So it's a good, interesting premise right off the bat, and you see how they all start working together, but you can still tell that they have very distinct and strong personalities. And I'm not going to give anything uh, in the way with the spoilers here, but... When you look at The Expanse versus Dark Matter, it's not as if one is better than the other. One is definitely a little bit more um, intense and and, and kind of mapped out, whereas um, the Dark Matter series, it's more local and and you're focusing on a small core group that are interacting as opposed to just the storylines working together in The Expanse. It's not to say that you can't enjoy either one. I really enjoyed watching the three episodes for Dark Matter. This ran also on a sci-fi channel for three seasons, but unfortunately, it got canceled last year. So, But I'm still eager to kind of finish up that run, at least just for my own sake, to see how this all panned out. The other thing moving on, is Jessica Jones finally is done, and I can say that when I compare this with the second season, uh, when I compare this with the first season episodes, I've enjoyed the first season a lot more, and namely because David Tennant as Kilgrave is really a fantastic villain, and he really plays it up. So when I heard the news that he's coming back for season two, I'm like, oh, great. Maybe the theories that I had would come true. Nope. So kind of for spoilers, he only shows up for one episode, and that's almost towards the end. Two, he's still dead. <laughs> but what I would have loved to have seen was that you could have done what you did in that one episode for Kilgrave. Right? And just played him out throughout the whole season that Jessica is not fully over Kilgrave and he's still in her head. Kinda like Scorpius from FarScape. And how uh John Crichton still had uh Harvey running around in his brain for many episodes. And I love that. So I think you really needed to have something like that for Jessica to play off with amongst everything else that she was dealing with. Now, I will say, I think episode seven for the season, uh, I want your, aka, I want your cray cray. It is the best episode for Jessica Jones that I've seen, I think, period. Except for maybe the opener for season one. But that one alone, just seeing their backstory... Together and seeing how Jessica wants him getting the jacket and seeing this really it made me happy. This is the drama that I wouldn't want to have for all the episodes. And unfortunately, not everything gets played out that way. The only positive thing about this is that it looks like we are going to maybe get a Hellcat for season three. But we'll see whatever happens from that point on. So, But aside from all that, the worst news that I had, and I'm really, really angry, and I talked about this not too long ago, about Netflix doing a reboot to the reboot series. So it is exactly what I didn't want it to be, which is bad. I love Reboot, and if you're a, a fan of that show, you're going to be disgusted about what they did. So they tried to combine the elements of what you would see on Tron, mixed with Power Rangers, and... But basically, it, it's not a show that I'm going to bother going forward. I saw it, the first episode, I'm done. There's nothing that I find... Even remotely convincing for me to go back. Even though there's the promise I think Megabyte does make an appearance, I'm done. I'm over it. It's not going to go any further. Unless I get convinced otherwise, and you can try if you love that show. Hey, email me. Let me know if I'm wrong on that. Finally, let me get to the big three sci-fi news items that I was supposed to do last week. We have Red Sonia. if we know her, she's the, I guess, the Conan Barbarian female version. We also have Lord of the Rings coming to Amazon, but not as a movie, per se, it's more like a TV series. And The Last Starfighter is no longer just The Last Starfighter, but that's coming back as The Last Starfighter. Oh. <laughs> What a big surprise on that. But, let's get started on Red Sonia. So, the only thing that I can say about Red Sonja is... I vaguely know her from the comics. And to boot, what I know even further is because of the movie called Red Sonia ...with Brigitte Nielsen, which happened to star Arnold Schwarzenegger... Now, when I look at that movie that came back in came out in 1985, they briefly did an origin story and basically like Conan, his family was taken away from him and with Red Sonia, she was out to get revenge, basically, for I guess whatever warriors had raped her. So Brigitte definitely kind of fit the bill as far as her stature. I mean, she has an amazing physical body at that time. And if you remember her from Rocky IV, who was, at that time, Stallone's wife, she was interesting to look at, and I liked her. Sadly, things went downhill after that. Not so much for Red Sony because it didn't really go anywhere, but you know, for the actress, not much happened after that. Um, at one point, I think there was some actual picture of her doing a She-Hulk that would have been interesting to see her as, but unfortunately, that went nowhere. But, you know, it it, it wasn't a great movie to begin with. This was kind of even worse than Conan the Destroyer, the sequel to the first Conan movie. And yet, the the whole premise here is like, well, let's get the big guy here, Arnold, to be in this movie will give him top Billing on a movie that doesn't say it's Conan. He is Kalidor, whatever that means. And it's a crappy movie. Not even good. I mean, not like Beastmaster good. That's If you can give me Beastmaster, I'm good with that. You don't have to go that high above the bar. But that wasn't even close. So, that's all I know about Red Sonja. The other news is that Red Sonia, maybe 10, 15 years ago, was possibly going to be made by Robert Rodriguez, who did El Mariachi, and he's done other movies since then, like Sin City. Um, He was dating Rose McGowan at the time, and there was a poster in which she was posing, and I guess they were trying to play around with the motion movie poster. Her pose is still, but her hair, which is red, is flowing. And it was a really good poster, and I really liked it. But that didn't go anywhere either. So now, after all this time, we're going to get a Red Sonia new project. Why? Well, because Wonder Woman was such a big hit last year you might as well take advantage of, let's put on some other titles like Wonder Woman that could be big. I mean, Xena, the warrior princess, was a bigger hit to me than the actual Hercules show that she spun off from. And she had a huge following. And sadly, it took Wonder Woman to be on a screen, you know, almost 75 years later. So... Definitely, I say, yeah, let's strike when the iron's hot because we need to have every type of representation on that screen. And we've talked about this before. Representation matters. And right now, especially in the Me Too movement, you want to have women feel empowered, that they are not taking whatever their situation may be on the chin and being quiet. So they should be able to strike out or speak up or take action to correct something that's been negative. And sometimes you need to have some kind of icon or representation of who that person could be, or in this case, Red Sonia. I know for myself like I've mentioned in previous podcasts when I had to go before uh, the county board of commissioners on my own behalf as well as the library's behalf to talk about not having any further library closures. So to me having seen Man of Steel I used that as my go-to symbol and I wore a t-shirt underneath my shirt um, because when Henry Cavill was talking about his symbol, which Amy, uh, Lois Lane, Amy, um, Amy Smart? No. I, I forgot her name. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and she said, but you have an S on your chest. I was like, well, that's for hope. It stands for hope. So that was the one thing that kept me going, was that I believed that. And I believe the sincerity. So that was my inspiration. To get that. To be able to go and talk. In front of. A board of county commissioners. So Red Sonia Could be that for someone else. So. We'll see how it all turns out. And I'm actually kind of hoping. That it does. Play out very well. But honestly. You know. For me, I, as much as I love sci fi, fantasy, uh, lesser, and sword and sorcery to a degree, I mean, Conan the Barbarian was a fantastic movie. The first one, dynamic. And sadly, the second one became a parody of itself, which was sadly um, a misstep. But a lot of it was because they had to reduce the tone with the violence and the blood gore and all that. So, if they do this kind of like, like the success of Game of Thrones and, and do a serious treatment of Red Sonia, I don't want to see a graphic representation of what happens to her. I'm more about, let's see her tear up people. You know, kind of like when you had the bride and kill Bill. Get revenge over the people that left her for dead. You can do that. I'm on board. Do that. Alright, so let's move on to the next part, which is, yet again, (laughs) another Tolkien series that we don't really have a Tolkien series coming to another format or another medium but in this case, TV. So if you remember, Peter Jackson did a movie for each one of the Lord of the Rings books. Yay. (laughs) And then, yeah, Peter Jackson do three movies off of one book. The Hobbit. Nay. I say nay. I wanted to, like... The Hobbit a lot more, but it was sadly disappointing, and not that I've read the books, but even I felt you're putting in, you're stretching out a whole lot of nothing for three movies. But yet, we're going to get an idea of this universe in Middle-earth that's going to be even expanded further. Now, in fairness, we talked about, Gene and I talked about on Ready Player One about a possible sequel. What could you do in a sequel? Well, I mentioned that in the Oasis, which is the virtual world in Ready Player One, if you can do a separate story that's within that universe, doesn't have to be the exact same story as Artemis and Parzival are going through, but in the Oasis, this is also happening. So, as he pointed out, it could be a murder mystery. For all we know, that's going to be interesting. But with the Tolkien universe, I don't want to see a retelling of the Lord of the Rings. We've already seen it done very well. We had a prequel. And it was called The Hobbit. So are we going to do a... Oh, God. Are we doing the alien Prometheus? Which is before the first movie. So it's a prequel, prequel? No, I don't want to see that. But from what I gathered is that they will be touching on certain elements. Like how the rings were formed. Or other elements within the story. But... I also mentioned that, like in the last podcast, I enjoy Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Because there was a mention in the second movie about um, Ron Weasley's father, I think his name was Arthur, and how he works in this magical bureau. And that gave us that universe, that side story. Yes, granted, it is early than Harry Potter, But, within that, you're able to flesh out that universe. So, for the most part, I think you're able to do this, but Amazon spent a crap load of money to make sure they had the rights. So, within that, they're planning to have, like, five seasons worth of material, plus... Plus, a spinoff. So, blame this all on the success of Game of Thrones. But now everyone wants to keep our franchise going as much as possible. And even Game of Thrones, from what I re- remember, uh, made some kind of mention how they want to have multiple spinoffs. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But if you can make that spinoff... As interesting, if not better, you could do that. Breaking Bad had Better Call Saul, and it's just as popular, and it's still going on. You have a proven track. That can be uh, the blueprint for the success for this new Tolkien series. So, I'm all for it. And again, even though I'm not a big sword and sorcery guy... I enjoyed the hell out of the Lord of the Rings despite all the amount of walking they did but it was enjoyable I really liked everything about that world it was amazing so if Amazon can compete with HBO with Game of Thrones on, on this level and be that fantastic we're the ones that benefits so go figure All right, so the last part here is going to be talking about The Last Starfighter. How appropriate that the last thing is The Last Starfighter. So with The Last Starfighter, this is a movie I loved growing up with. This was one of the early movies that actually included computer-generated effects. So even though it was a bit limited, it was still impressive for its time. So the basic premise was you had a guy on Earth playing this video game that turned out to be some kind of test that if you're able to play the game very well and get a high score, you were going to be recruited, basically. And this game went all over the place, all over the world, all over the galaxy universe. So he got recruited and he helped this race fight against against this uh, villain now because everything else has been remade or rebooted reimagined whatever you want to call it it got to be a point I'm like enough of the whole reboot stuff like Total Recall came out not that long ago the first one I think early 2000s, and then was rebooted not that long ago either. So, at least with this, you had several decades to contemplate this. Blade Runner, 2049, you had several decades to contemplate this. So, in that case, it was more of a a sequel rather than a reboot, whereas this one outright looks to be an actual reboot. So, if you follow on Twitter, uh, uh, Gary Witta, Gary Witta is the guy who posted some pictures, some concept art for the new Last Starfighter. And basically, he's a writer. He did for Rogue One, The Book of Eli, and a couple of other things. Now, the other thing to note is that Armada... Which it's written by Ernest Klein. Mr. Gene, if you listen to the last podcast, says it's very similar to The Last Starfighter. And because Ready Player One was a huge success, that movie basically greenlit Armada. So now it's going to be a race to see who's going to produce their own, basic, basically. Last Starfighter movie, so I'm kind of interested to see how that takes place. But, again, I think for the nostalgia fact, if they're able to capture the essence of the movie and give us better graphics, or even elaborate about the whole war in the first place, I'm on board with that. And, of course, there are some movies that you don't ever, ever want them to touch. Because they're almost perfect in every way. Like, for me. And this is the crappiness of my taste at times. Hence while you hear the opening music on this podcast. I love that score. And, yes, it's overly repetitive. But I love it. And I love the visuals of this. This was something that Disney really kind of delved into its first sci-fi movie and it hit me the right way and I loved all the images. Maximilian that robot alone is like the epitome of coolness and I love a badass robot and you don't get that right now so but with The Last Starfighter I can say yes go ahead let's redo this Let's make this for the next generation to kind of update the story and give us better effects and all that fun stuff. So I'm okay with that. So we'll see whatever happens if I hear more news about who's going to race to first to get this done. But there will be a link in the show notes to at least Gary's feed on Twitter so you can at least look at the artwork there. And it's really kind of cool just to kind of Remember it. And if you haven't seen it for a while, or you haven't, then now it's time to go ahead and actually watch the damn movie. And I will too. Just not right now. All right. So, I am done, finally, with this Sci-Fi News podcast. It should have been, again, last week. So, again, my apologies. But I hope you do enjoy what I have said. So I do have more stuff that I have to record in another couple of days. Hopefully that will be a lot sooner. But I'm going to be really excited to talk about this. Because this is actually about Star Trek Discovery. That I would not ever say those words. I'm actually excited about Star Trek Discovery Season 2. So that will be on the next podcast. So on that note. You have my email, right? So please send me your thoughts, your comments, your questions anything you would like to talk to me about you can email me at monster sci-fi show at gmail.com follow me on the various social networks so again thank you for listening to me and to the monster sci-fi show podcast i am your host why am i repeating myself (laughs) so again thank you very much for listening to me and to the monster sci-fi show podcast it's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.